Welcome to the Wealthy After Divorce podcast. Jackie Ressler, a divorce financial planner with almost 25 years experience, and myself, Melissa Fradenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. We are both certified divorce financial analysts and your co-hosts. If you're thinking about divorce or in the process of divorce, this is a time for you to take a deep breath and give yourself permission to gain clarity on the financial decision you're facing. While the term wealth typically refers to money and possessions, we know that truly being wealthy means a whole lot more. Together with our guests on this podcast, we will help you live wealthy after divorce. Hi, everyone. I am really excited to invite my guest today on Wealthy After Divorce, Amelia Pleasant Kennedy, who is a professional organizer and life coach. And she has some fantastic tips to share. I I was just telling her before we started recording that I watch all of her, a lot of her posts, social media posts, and I find relief just from reading them for a few seconds. And I have shared them with many of my clients who also have felt the same. So we're really lucky to have her as a guest today. Happy to be here. So to jump right into it, as I'm sure, you know, you're, so I, my practice focuses solely on divorcing clients. So Every single divorce, I was thinking about this before. Is it some, but it's actually every single one of my divorcing clients is transitioning from one household to two. And some of them are really excited about the transition and the other half are not, and <laughs> they're dreading it. And I know that part part of the time that, that there's a lot of emotion tied to dividing up property and the personal property piece is often the piece that is the piece that people are, really concerned about during the divorce process. And they're often told by their attorneys and by me, don't worry about that. Wait till the end. We're going to figure out the big things first. But I find that those little things sometimes get people so stuck that they can't focus on the big things. So are there any tips that you would give clients as an organizer and a life coach, just in terms of what they can focus on when they're dividing up their personal property to kind of separate themselves from the emotion and also, how do they prioritize which things they might, you know, where do they start when they want to divide things in a peaceful and mindful way? Sure. Typically, when I'm working with a client, I suggest that they pay attention to the things that they love and that they use the most first. However, in this situation where you're dividing into two households, I would actually encourage you to start with what you're willing to let go of. So identify the objects that you don't have a strong emotional attachment to, that you're willing to part with easily in order to find common ground between the two parties. So by thinking about what you're willing to let go of, you'll have some space to then commit more to the items that you want to keep. And, you know, there's allowing the pain of change and recognizing that the objects that we carry with us often carry that pain with with them. And so when we move items into a new space or we leave items in the current space, the memories surrounding those objects still exist. 
And so be aware of what you're holding on to and what you're letting go and the stories around those objects. Okay. So here's a question that I have for you. And we'll see what you what you think about answering this question. This might not be a great question, but as far as I have clients that will often put together a list, will go through and, and they'll make an inventory of all of the objects in their house on an Excel spreadsheet. And then they'll put a list next, they'll, you know, kind of whittle it down to what they want out of those things. And I think that your point might be really helpful that, you know, for most people, you're going to start with what you want, but they get entrenched in, I want mm-hmm. that. I want, I mean, I've had some clients that have put together a list and some of the things that they, they both want seem so ridiculous to me. You know, it might be like an antique lamp that somebody had, or, or it could be, I've had a case where my client wanted a rocking chair that was an inheritance from their spouse by their mother-in-law who had passed away. And, they, and she felt more attached to that chair where she had nursed her children than, you know, than, than he, he did, even though it was his part of his family. And sometimes, you know, those, those lists are helpful and sometimes they're, they're harmful because people might spend thousands of dollars arguing over things that cost, you know, that if they could replace some of those things it would cost much less. But again, it comes down to what is that thing worth to them emotionally? So your idea of coming up with what you're willing to let go of first, I think is really brilliant. Correct. Yeah. I would say because tensions are already high, you create a common ground and an area to begin the conversation by deciding what you're comfortable letting go of. And there's a bit of power and agency there because you're 100% clear on the things that you already feel like you can let go of or replace easily in the future. And it, it creates a bit of calm for then discussions on the objects that have more of a story or a legacy or an a particular importance to you later on down the line. I think that's a really powerful tip. That's something that I'm going to plan to share with clients going forward. Instead of starting with what do you absolutely have to keep? What what are you willing to let go of? That's such right, a because better... immediately, yeah. immediately the guard goes up, right? You become very defensive because you feel right. that you're guarding the things that you most want rather than being open to what you're comfortable letting go of. And I, I imagine that there's a bit more space there for conversation. I would think so. And then I think too, just even that suggestion in your mind, what am I comfortable letting go of? You probably in your feel like you have a very small list of what you're comfortable letting go of, but maybe as you start to write it out, that can really expand mm-hmm. as you start thinking in that mentality instead of keeping, you know, me, me, mine, 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 which is never a good place when you're going through a divorce, especially when you have kids. So I love that. A lot of, a lot of clients are, um, so we're always downsides and we're always moving from one household to two. Um, eventually I do have some clients that do some nesting where they maintain the marital home and then they go back and forth to their own private spaces and the kids stay in the house instead of the kids going back and forth. But when for most clients, what I find is that they are either keeping the marital home or they are moving out and downsizing into a smaller place, maybe on a smaller budget. And for the person that's staying in the in the home, how do you how do you recommend what's a good strategy to think of when there are empty spaces? 
So there used to be furniture in this room, but my ex-spouse took that. And now we've got a big empty living room or a dining room, or we've got, there are paintings on the wall that now half of them are gone. What's a good strategy for someone who wants to be mindful about creating a peaceful place for them and their children going forward without feeling that lack of, you know, every, that they're not whole anymore? First off, I want to say that it's totally normal and natural for your brain to go haywire when it seems, when it sees empty space. We as humans are just not comfortable (laughs) with an empty drawer, an empty corner, or an empty wall. So I understand that urge to fill the space immediately. And I would advise you to take some time and be patient with yourself. Allow that urge to come up, recognize that you want to go out and buy something, but giving yourself some time and space to settle into the new environment as it is, is not only friendlier for your budget, but it allows you to begin to see the possibilities of what you want. Right. Yeah. By giving some time, then you can buy only what you need slowly and with intention and you won't end up with extra sort of clutter or replacing objects that you don't truly love later on down the line. Coach, but I do find myself coaching my clients about getting attached to assets when it's not the assets, but what kind of life that those assets can provide to them that I want them to focus on. And this is really similar. I mean, I even have clients that rush out and want to buy a new house before they know where they want to land, where they, if they, do I want to be in the same exact location? Are my kids getting older? And am I going to want to buy something down down the line in the future? And so I often recommend that they even might want to rent temporarily, even though for most people that feels horrible. But I think again, until you settle into your new life, it's really difficult to make, it can be a very big mistake financially to make those big decisions including buying new things. I love that. And I have actually worked with clients in a similar situation because it does take time to sort of settle into your new life. Ask yourself what you truly want since you now are the ultimate center of your life. There are not as many people to take into consideration. And finding your voice and finding your design preferences and desires. There's joy to be had there when um, space is given, even though the process of getting there might be painful and uncomfortable along the way. Amelia, can you tell us what your process is typically when you work with clients? Absolutely. I work with clients once a week for 50 minutes for six months at minimum. We see changes faster than that. We see lightening of the load, lightening of the emotional experience, and we see internal changes happening before six months. But because many of these topics are complicated, they're deeply entrenched, they involve different levels and layers of emotion, I find that six months is the ideal amount of time to truly see lasting change. 
do you go out to someone's house and meet with them or can you do it virtually with them? How do you, what's the, what's the best way to have that coaching relationship to be, become more organized? And Yeah. I typically work virtually these days. Um, I did some in-home organizing early on, but now most of what I can accomplish with clients is virtual. So we can process emotion virtually as well as you can just sort of bring your tablet along to a space that we can talk about what the client sees and their experience directly in their in their home and work from there so I can help folks across the, the country. Amelia, what is the best place for a person going through divorce to start? Making decisions, hiring. And so identify what your number one priority is. For some people, their desk and office is the main pain point. For others, it's their closet. And then of course, for all of us, it's our storage areas. But any space you approach, it really truly is setting a timer for 30 minutes, an hour, at the most two hours, maybe time, because we get emotionally and mentally exhausted very easily. So have people set a timer before they sit down to organize something and then give themselves permission to let it go when the timer is done? (laughs) Exactly. That's so important because it's not such a dreaded task at that point. Of course, you need to get the work done, but by saying I'm only going to dedicate 30 minutes or I'm only going to dedicate an hour, it gives you permission to work and to know that there's an end in sight. Wow. Thank you so much, Amelia, for joining me today. Those were fantastic tips. We're going to have to schedule a part two with you. We are going to be including your contact information in the notes below please check out Amelia's website at apleasantsolution.com for important tips on organizing your life. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy After Divorce podcast. You can find more information on Melissa Fradenberg and Jackie Ressler on our website, www.pearlplan.com as well as on our podcast website, www.wealthyafterdivorce.com.